Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Shreds Takes. I'm your host, Michael Shredder. This is episode two of season three, and I'm here with Bentley cross-country runner Soham Basu, actually a neighbor of mine. So, Soham, thank you for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I, I just came right into it. You know, obviously you, you run cross-country Bentley. You started running your sophomore year. Um, talk about how that transition kind of happened for you, um, coming from Ridgewood, obviously a very good track and country and cross-country program, and then, you know, transitioning sophomore year into running at a big-time Division II school such as Bentley. Definitely, yeah. So, um, yeah, just like what you said, Ridgewood was um, definitely really competitive. As you know, like, um, it's every year we're, like, one of the top teams in the state and stuff and it's like just living up to that expectation was a lot in high school and that transitioned very well I've seen to my um my discipline in college um and I think not running my freshman year I always had a really competitive spirit and stuff and I missed running so um I just I tried getting on the team my freshman year it was um, I reached out to the coach and stuff. I kept in touch with them throughout the year. There was, um, and, uh, then eventually I was able to join my sophomore year and, um, right from there, I, I quickly, I think I was able to make an impact on the team and I've really enjoyed running with my team. I have great teammates. We have a great coach and Benley's a great school academically, which is the main thing. And I really enjoyed my experience there overall as a student and, the athletics just makes it even better. Speaking a little bit more about your impact, just obviously to rattle up some stuff that you've done, uh, you were a USTF CCA all-academic you know, athlete this past year, as well as finishing you know, first in the Brandeis Reggie Pollo Invitational in the 5,000-meter uh, race, um, as well as you know, just finishing eighth in the, in the New England 10 championships. Um, just talk about, again, like your worth at work ethic, because again, you came as a sophomore, which it's very hard to have that level of success when you haven't had a year under your belt. So talk a little bit about that too, just like where that work ethic and drive came from uh, when you got there. Definitely. Um, you know, um, we had a great captains on our team, I think my freshman year uh, or my sophomore year, my first year on the team. And um, it was just being part of that, um it's like once you see like you're in that NCAA like you see those kind of banners and stuff and meets it's a it's a big deal you know when you're when you're in high school you don't have all that stuff but I always took that that part seriously and and I always thought like I I become actually like a big fan of running I I always watch like the Olympic races and world championship races and stuff and I I've always loved sports but ever since I've been on a college team, I've always, I started to follow a lot of running and just talking to my teammates, going, putting in that time and practice and stuff every day. I started to understand my workouts and stuff better. I've, I think the biggest um, reason of why I've had the success so far was um, especially last, last season, which unfortunately got cut off due to uh, the virus. But um, our coach always said that you got to put in miles, you got to put in miles. It sounds pretty simple. But then I was like, what's going to happen if I just run like extra 20 or so miles these few weeks? So I started putting in like 
some 70 mile weeks. And right up, right after that, I, I saw the results. So I think um, a lot of people, and you can take that into any sport. If you're, if you really put in, you might be thinking you're putting in all the hard work and stuff, especially as a college student with academics and stuff. But when you go that extra mile, <laughs> with extra mile in running or in any sport, it really pays off. I agree with that totally. And also, I think just one thing I want to touch upon is the fact that you were an all academic. Um, talk a little bit about like what that means to you, because, you know, obviously I know that you're majoring in finance, but you do have a little bit of minors in computer science and marketing. Talk a little bit about like how important that is for you too. You, you talked a little bit about it, but just like talk a little bit more about the academic field as well as just, you know, being an athletic division two athlete. Definitely. You know, um, being part of the all academic team, that was, that was such an honor for me. It was um, because I, I've always put academics first and um, it's that award. I think I had to place in a certain, um, I, I think I came top 30% in our region and running and, and you had the standard for academics. So that's really, as a student athlete, that just, that shows all your hard work is paying off right there. It's just the, that's the, that's what the award meant to me. It meant so much to me and, um, my, uh, my family and my teammates and stuff were really proud of me and I'm, I, that uh, meant a lot to me. So um, with running, even at Bentley, we're, we're all, our team, our track team, our cross country team, we're always um, one of the top um, GPAs and stuff at Bentley and in our conference. So that's another huge expectation that we have to live up to and maintain. So just like in the classroom and, and on, the, on the track, it's the same mentality and work ethic. Talk a little bit also, because you, you compete in the NE10, which uh, I got recruited by some schools within there uh, just before I went to Amherst College. It's a really top Division two conference, like in any sport. Yep. Everyone knows the NE10. Yep. Talk a little bit about, like, when you just transitioning from Ridgewood, obviously where it's very competitive at Ridgewood, but talk about how, like, that jump – was there a huge jump between Ridgewood and playing in the NE10 um, for you? Yeah, so um... – Definitely, like, northern New Jersey is very competitive for everything. I know Ridgewood is always a contender in every sport, just, like, with track and running. And then in the NE10, I didn't know much about the NE10 until I joined the team. But just like, as you said, it's super competitive. I mean, one of the – we, we compete, compete against one of the teams, AIC and um, American International, and one of their runners – won the entire division two cross country championships. So right there, it was, a uh, he's in like all of our meets. He's a big time runner. He can definitely easily be one of the top division one runners. So it's, um, that's a huge, um, standard to live up to, but I, I love the competition. So just look seeing guys like that running with them and stuff. It, it makes me want to work harder. And we have some great schools and in, in terms of track, I, I know, um, Stonehill is a really good team. Um, Southern Connecticut is a very good team as well. And, um, and every team is, is very good and stuff, especially for Division II. It's a, it's a really competitive atmosphere. And, and I can say just from running in the NE10 championship last year, that was one of the, one of the coolest things to compete against, like all those schools. It was uh, everybody, everybody is super competitive, and I just love it. 
Transitioning into the NBA from the Bentley stuff, uh, I don't know if you watched the draft lottery last night. I'm a huge Knicks fan, and they just, again, once again, just got bad luck in the draft. I don't know if, who you root for, uh, but I was wondering what you thought about just a draft lottery overall from yesterday, too. Yeah, I, so I saw the results of it, um, and yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. I, I also support the Nets definitely, too, but I'm definitely more of a Knicks fan, and I think. Um, I listened to a lot of the radio and stuff right now and people were saying um, that this may be the year that it's not as like uh, necessary to get like maybe a top like five pick just because of this whole virus. It's so hard to evaluate the players right now. But the same thing is that the Knicks have been bad for so long. It's like there's a, there's a point where you just got to start winning and the rebuilding has to stop. So I think like, with the Knicks getting the eighth pick, I believe it's I, – I wish we, we got, like, number one last year or we were in the top three this year, but it's it's crazy. I mean, looking at what the Nets have done just, like, in the same city, like, they have had no picks, and they've drafted so well. And now they're, like – they're going to be a championship contender next year, and nobody was saying that 10 years ago. So – and the Knicks are, like, a top, like – one of the most valuable teams in the world and they can't do anything. It's really sad. And growing up as a, um, I'm a huge Carmelo fan. I'm rooting for him in the playoffs this year, definitely. And he's, he's my favorite player by far growing up. So I think they're going to have a competitive series with the Lakers. I, I think the, the Lakers have good defense. So I think that's going to prevail them. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's two things I obviously want to ask you there. The one is, do you think Katie and Kyrie will be able to keep their egos in check? I'm not saying maybe as much as Katie, but Kyrie's had a big issue with other teams like the Cavs and the Celtics, even the Mets this year, with just the problem of him just being a little bit with his ego getting in the way. I mean, this is just what people I've, I've read, I've been saying. Um, I personally don't see it as an issue. I think they're going to get through that and they're going to be a championship contender. I don't know if you agree with that. Obviously, um, going to school in Boston, like right outside of Boston, everybody was a big Kyrie fan. I heard a lot of stuff like the Celtics. They actually, I've heard the past few years, they had better records playing without Kyrie in the lineup. And then they would have Terry Rozier in. And one of my friends is a big Terry Rozier fan. But the, the, the thing it comes down to for me, it's like even with Kyrie's ego and stuff, are they going to win the championship without him? No. So you need that talent right there. It doesn't matter. They need, I think Kyrie, Kevin Durant, they're both very, like, definitely uh, one of the more interesting, two of the most interesting personalities in the NBA, but just uh, they're both champions and talent wise, it's going to be, um, it's going to be tough to beat them. Definitely. I think, especially with um, Karis LeVert is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. The, that Nets versus Portland game was crazy. He scored like 37 or something. And I, the game that he had against Boston right before this coronavirus thing, he had like, he, I think he scored like 30 points within fourth quarter and overtime. I mean, I've never heard of that unless it's like, like a big time, like MVP type player. I, I mean, Damian Lillard said after the game, he's like, first thing he said was this guy, Karis Levert, he's cold, man. He's cold. So everybody knows Dame, and if he's saying that, that's that's a big thing. 
And then the second thing I wanted to transition into is the Blazers. So obviously everyone's really high on the Blazers. I personally have the Lakers winning in six or seven games. I think it's going to be a series. Um, but I think last night where I saw is the problem with the Blazers having a lack of defense. And the, like you said, the Lakers having defense. Do you agree the fact that the Blazers are going to have a tough time winning this series, just the fact that they don't defend very well, even though like LeBron had 10 points last night, they still lost by 30 points. So wanted to hear a little bit about if you agree with that opinion. Yeah, definitely. I, I was thinking like when I was thinking about the series going in, like I, I knew it was going to be competitive, just like what you're saying. I definitely agree with um, six or seven games. And I think the matchup problems is there with having, I think Dame is like six, three, six, four. And then like CJ is like a six, three shooting guard. So right there, it's like um, they're putting up against like Danny Green, who's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Um, it's, it's just like a tough matchup there. I don't, I don't think CJ is that great of a defender. He can score in bunches, but um Carmelo's not a good defender. I mean, like, who's going to guard LeBron? They don't really have a good, like, wing defender right there. And then in in terms of uh, Anthony Davis and stuff, it's – the Blazers have those offensive talents, definitely. They Plus, they have Whiteside, who I think he led the league in blocks this year, and he's coming off the bench for them. And then you have Nurkic. That's two of the best centers in the NBA. But the Lakers, I think it they're, they're one seed for a reason. So – it's um their defense I think they lead the league in turnovers too so um it's they're they're going to be tough to beat I I think the Clippers are going to come out of the west but um I, I think the Lakers are a very good team as well so I actually that, that, that transition to my next point um I think the Mavericks will actually push the Clippers six or seven games um I think the Mavericks are a lot better than people think because I think Luka and Porzingis are a very good duo and they had good a great but they have the best offensive efficiency in NBA history so I wanted to see like if you agree with that but also following that where or I guess why do you see the Clippers coming out of the West so I think the Clippers I I really like Kawhi I like um I think they're a great offensive team and defensive team with Kawhi and Paul George are two of the best defenders in the NBA and people always think about their scoring and stuff. So having two of those guys on the wing, then they're super deep in their bench. I think that obviously Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Then you have um, they they signed this point guard. I think Reggie Jackson they have too now, um, who's a great player. And then Patrick Beverly. They have such great defense. And I think the, I mean, people last year were sleeping on the Raptors a lot and. Rightfully so. I, I wouldn't have said that they would win the championship, but with the Clippers, it's um, I think the Clippers with their their defensive skill. I think Luca is going to be a talent for the next like <laughs> for the next ten years at least in the NBA. He's he's a he's a special player. I mean he's he's won everywhere he's gone. He's won in Real Madrid. He's coming to the NBA and he's an MVP contender already. And obviously, we've both seen Porzingis with the Knicks. So it's, they're going to have a tough series. I'm loving the playoffs this year, especially with this no like home court. It's really interesting. But um, I, th- I think the Clippers are going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I think with this, the, the bubble, there's the fact that the, the underdogs have a better chance now, right? Because let's look at the Blazers, for example, right? They, they, they're not going to, the, to LA to play the Lakers, right? So you don't have that home crowd disadvantage. Or even just the fact of 
Orlando, like, you know, Milwaukee's a tough place to play. You know, a lot of teams didn't win in Milwaukee or even Philly, right? Like Philly is a sixth seed and, you know, their home court advantage, they were like the best team in, in the NBA at home. They lost one or two games at home and, you know, like that, that kind of stuff. But I think the last thing I wanted to just ask was in the East. So I understand it's been two games. I'm not like on the huge recency bias saying the, the Bucks stink, right? I, I don't think that. I do think that they're going to have going to lose to the Raptors because I think the Raptors just defensively are just going to shut down or neutralize Giannis. Um, and I just don't think Chris Middleton's good enough. Um, I don't know if you, what you see in the East and if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I like your, I totally agree with that evaluation. I, I, I think Chris Middleton, he's a great like um, complimentary player to Giannis, but he's not going to get it done with, it's very tough. They, they need a number, really solid number two or number three guy. Like when the Raptors, obviously Kawhi carried them last year, but I mean, we've all seen like Pascal Siakam is the real deal. Like he's uh, one of the best power forwards in the NBA, no doubt. And to carry them to the two seed, that's, that's why part of why they won the championship, especially with Van Vliet. But um, I think the, it's tough with the 76ers. They don't have Ben Simmons right now. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. And um, then Celtics just lost Hayward. I think the Celtics, they're a very deep team. Jason Tatum is a spe- really good young player. I think it will be tough to beat them too because they have great coach in Brad Stevens. So, And I see them play a lot in, in Bentley. I, uh, but um, I, I think that they're – them and the Raptors can give the Bucs a good shot. The only reason I think the Celtics are just not getting up by the Raptors is just their size. Um, I like Tice. I think Tice does a great job for what he can bring, and he's only 6'8", though. I think they got a guy like Steven Adams in their team. I'm not saying, okay, he's going to give yeah. them up. But that would get them to the finals because they just need a big guy who can just neutralize a big presence on the Raptors or the Bucks, right? And that's just kind of it there, too. Um, but I think the – the last thing I wanted to bring up. So I've talked about on this thing. I think that Joel Embiid has a attitude issue. Um, I think there is something missing there with him. Um, I don't think everything with the 76ers is Brett Brown's fault. I think he's responsible for definitely some of it. Um, but I think there's a problem with Joel Embiid. Do you see that or do you see it more the problem with the Sixers on Brett Brown? I think uh, Shaq was talking about that on TNT. I think he was saying that, uh, Joel Embiid, he scored like 27, 28, and he had like 12 rebounds. And then people were saying, like, what more can he do? But even a guy like Shaq, he has to score 30 plus to win, especially without Ben Simmons. That, and I think Joel Embiid, it's maybe he needs to. I think he needs to fix his mentality and have maybe a more like an old school mindset. Just he's got to bully people in the post. You got to think that you're the best center in the NBA, and you have to score. You have to take it upon yourself to score, not just leave it for Tobias Harris or Josh Richardson. So, um, yeah, I think I think definitely the Sixers have some some sort of problem there. A lot of people give Brett Brown the the blame, but um, the, I I mean the Sixers. If you think about last year, people forget that um, they took the 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 eventual championship eventual champions the Raptors to seven games and it took it came down to one shot so 
who knows what could have happened if they went through. They had four, they had Jimmy Butler too, so um, they're they're a great team, and they might have gotten a little bit unlucky this year. But also, I I, I agree with that. Joel Embiid can can figure some things out, maybe mentally this off season. Last thing I just wanted to do before we wrap up here is uh, just to tell us the audience uh, what what you've been doing during quarantine to keep yourself, you know, ready to go um, for when the season, if it ever happens. But you know, what have you been doing to keep yourself obviously in shape or just like interest in general? Yeah, definitely. So um, I've been running pretty much uh, like every day. I, I take Mondays off. That's our usual routine. But I think it's it's important to stay in shape and if it, I, I've tried to use, try not to use coronavirus as like excuse for anything, because I just think of it as any other year I'd be running, I'd be preparing for school. I'm doing the same things that I would be doing. And you never know when the season will start. I, I want to be ready for track season whenever it starts. And I really believe that the work that you put in now for anything, it'll help you out in the future. So um, I, I love running. I think, I, I mean, I was at the track today. I've been talking to runners and stuff. And this is, I think coronavirus gives you more of an opportunity to, to get better in whatever sport, especially your, they, they you're, you're training for. You get even more time right now. So I think it's an even better opportunity. And I think if people think of it like that, it's, it's good. I know a lot of people are dealing with like family health issues and stuff, and that's really tough. So. Obviously, if you're in that situation, I've been blessed that so far that I haven't had to deal with any of that. But yeah, and then and other than running, just uh, um, going back to school next week, getting ready with uh, with all the books and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're going to test us as soon as we get back on campus. So it's going to be a totally different senior year, but uh, it's going to be like that for everybody. So looking forward to seeing my friends and stuff, definitely. and. Uh, yeah, it's, it, sh it should be nice. I think in terms of running, we're going we're gonna to try to have some like uh, practices, maybe like put people in smaller groups and run as a team. And as, as a senior and, uh, and a captain this year, it's, I think it's going to be pretty tough to get everybody motivated, but that gives me, a, that, that gives me more motivation. I like that, and, and I hope my um, – my team responds well to that. So I'm Basu, Bentley cross country runner. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I wish you the best of luck back at school. Um, I hope you guys have a season. I hope, but if not, I hope you just you know, continue to stay in shape and, um, you know, look forward to seeing you soon. So thank you again for being on. Thanks for having me on Mike. Good luck to you as well.